Today on First Lady and Friends, we had a great conversation with my new friends from Emerald Hills Institute. They are in the time of Ramadan. They are fasting for for this whole month. And they talked to me about their experiences as kids in school, telling people and explaining about their their culture and why they do these things. Um, It was a really fun conversation. I can't wait for you to take a listen. Let's get proximate. Welcome to this episode of First Lady and Friends. This is a really exciting episode. Um, we've got quite a quite a roomful here of, of friends I just met and friends that that I was introduced to. Uh, I, I have to go back. I have to say that um, when I first started in this position as First Lady, my my most um, rewarding experiences um, have come. When I get to know somebody that has a different story than me, when I get proximate to somebody that has a different experience. And this is a room full of people that I'm so excited to get proximate to, to, to hear your stories. Um, I think it's something unique that most, most Utahns uh, have maybe not heard of, of your experiences. And so I'm so excited and so honored that, that, that you all would be here with me today. I mean, we're going to go around um, our, our little studio, our little our table here today and, and have them introduce them, themselves. Um, we'll start with Julia. Do you want to introduce yourself and then we'll, we'll kind of go around and, and have our amazing young people in the room invite them uh, to, to introduce themselves as well. My name is Julia Kablan and um, I work as an instructional coach at Kenyan School District. And I volunteer at Emerald Hills Institute as an education coordinator. And I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. I'm Zaina Atawaba, and I'm a senior in high school. I'm Zainab Oz, and I'm in fifth grade, and I like reading. My name is Noor Zametle, and I'm in eighth grade, and I do judo. Uh, I'm Nishet Koblan. I'm in ninth grade, and I like uh, playing soccer and chess. Perfect. Thank you so much. And, and I love that, that you told me a little bit about you, too. Um, so tell us, um, maybe, Julia, start by just talking about um, your background, where, where you grew up, um, what brought you here to Utah, and, and then maybe we'll talk about some of the experiences that you're having um, with Emerald Hills. Um, I was born in Turkey, and I grew up there. I got married, and then I went to college there. And uh, me and my husband, when we finished our master's degree, we decided to um, go for a doctorate degree, PhD. And then we applied, and then we got rejections. And then we said, maybe we should just, like, settle down, you know, get a resident, and then apply to colleges. And then, um, so we came here, we have a, we had a friend here, living here, and then he said, this is a wonderful place to live in, to raise kids. And then it, the geography is exactly the same of my, my hometown. And then uh, we came to Utah in 2007, and um, I started working as a teacher, and my husband uh, as well. And um, we had two more kids over here. In total, I have three boys. And um, and then um, I was working at a private sc- high s- private school, uh, I'm sorry, charter school. And then I moved to Kenyon School District, and um, I started volunteering at Emerald Hills Institute. 
And um, so I love the um, opportunities to serve to the community and to raise kids to be better citizens. And they, uh, uh, I want them to. We want them to be proud of their own identity. So that's why we um, organize. We started organizing events for our youth, and then you have some of our um, friends over here. Um, so I'm uh, invited you for our iftar dinner. Um, so iftar dinner is a part of Ramadan. And uh, we said, um, you know, since uh, Emerald Hills Institute was founded by educators, so we should honor educators. Mm-hmm. And Ramadan is a time to just um, just to uh, be aware of our gifts, our uh, gifts, and be thankful. And I, we said, you know, it would be better to be thankful, to show our gratitude to the teachers, to the educators. So we invited all the educators. And with your background, so we said, why, why don't we invite uh, our first lady? And uh, we invited you, and then we had connection. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think this is so interesting. I think people, I, I would love, maybe, Zaina, will you talk a little bit about Ramadan? I think there's a lot of us that maybe have heard of Ramadan, but maybe don't understand exactly what it is and the importance of it um, to to you. Yeah. Um, so although Ramadan is a month of fasting, it's also a holy day that brings us closer to God and gives us time to really reflect on ourselves and how we can become better people. Um, to me, Ramadan means getting closer to my community and sharing my religion and practices to those around me. It also means a month of some really good food and desserts at the end of the night. <laughs> so, t- so talk a little bit about that. What, I- what exactly does it mean? So you're fasting for an entire month, but it's during... Talk, talk a little yeah. bit about what it so is. So the Ramadan month is, is a full month. Um, every day we start fasting at sunrise, which typically today is like around 5.30ish. And then we don't eat or drink until sunset, which is around 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then we can eat afterwards and we don't we don't eat because we're trying to like feel how underprivileged people feel and be more grateful Mm, so beautiful um maybe talk a little bit about what it's like at school when you're fasting each of those days and and maybe is is it difficult to do that um, fasting at school isn't really that difficult. Um, I just, I just appreciate that like a lot of my friends like know that I'm fasting and like understand, and my teachers too. And it's not very, it's not really different from like fasting at home or anything. You just feel you don't just have that much energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Noor, wh- why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience? Um, uh, have you have you had? Is it is it difficult to explain it to to your friends that maybe don't have that same experience? Um, no, not really, because I'm I'm really happy that they ask me questions, but um, it's not that difficult because I know that they they're curious about it and they're interested in my religion, and um, I'm really happy that my teachers and um, friends acknowledge that I'm fasting and know that I can't eat or drink water. Yeah, Nesha, <laughs> tell me a little bit about your experience. Has it, has it been different for you or, or is it hard? Is it, is it a good experience to talk to people and what's their reaction when, when you explain things? Well, for me, it's really not that hard. I mean, I have a few friends that are like really 
understanding. Um, I have like one of my friends uh, asks a lot, a lot, a lot of questions, and he knows like quite a bit about Islam and just fasting and all that in general. Um, but it's really not that different from just a regular school day. The only thing that's different is lunch, and then sometimes like I have PE and I get really thirsty then. But other than that, it's just the same. Mm. Yeah, Huli, talk a little bit about um, how how this experience with with these students, um, what what you're seeing, and may, maybe the growth and and the, the the ability to connect with their peers and and how share these experiences. Um, so um, in Emerald Hills Institute, we are um, um, trying to help our kids to be proud of the proud of the, their own identity. Um, so that's why, like, we are trying to encourage them, like, you know, first they need to know all those rules, and second, they need to understand that diversity is very important for the community as well, and then they are not just, like, you know, bribing, or they, are, they shouldn't be shy about it, because uh, when they explain these rules, these um, t- topics to their friends, actually um, they are helping those people as well. So we are scared of the things that we don't know. Yes. And if we talk and then if we get to know each other, so we are providing, we are making a better, play, better place for all of us. So that's the thing that we are trying to explain to our kids. And um, so the, the, mo- the more years that I've been here and then the more I realize that like our kids are um, happy to explain. They are not offended when someone asks them a question. So it's getting better and better for Good. our kids. Yeah, then talk talk to me about maybe ha, has there been any awkward talks when you have with friends? Is it is it hard for you to to have those conversations, or or have people been pretty open to having these kinds of conversations? Um, I surround myself with friends that are like more open and supportive. They're always like curious. Um, teachers are also like pretty neutral. They don't like support me directly, but I'm sure if I would to ask, they would. And um, I haven't personally been made of made fun of for fasting, but I just also get questions of why I fast, for how long, how is it, um, if it if it's difficult, or you know if you drink water or not. Yeah. And no, the answer is no. <laughs> but um, there are like difficulties. I th- I would say there are difficulties for me being a Muslim student attending a school where I'm like a minority. Yeah. That can be a challenge to me. Um, I've lived in a, in three different states, one of them being Minnesota. And in Minnesota, I was surrounded by a larger Muslim community, so it w- it made it easier for me to express myself. My school there um, provided Muslims their own room where they can leave class to pray, so we didn't need to worry about missing prayers. And do you do that here or no? Um, I usually wait until I get home, so okay. I like I'm late to my prayers. But so yeah, attending a school without the arrangements like that um, is a little hard. But also, like, helping educate the people around me about my religion and beliefs is something I enjoy doing. And it's the pro that comes with attending a school where not many people know about Islam. I get to represent my religion and be the example they think of whenever they think of a Muslim and, you know, slowly break down the stereotypical images. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm sure that's hard. Um, I, it, you know, being from a, a minority religion myself not in this state yeah but in the rest of the world um 
you know, there's been times where I've had to explain things that people find odd mm-hmm. about about my religion, and I, I think I'm just so impressed with with your with your positive attitude about that. Um, have you found that people connect? Because I feel myself connecting with you at this moment that that my religious observances are not so different. They may look a little different in 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 practice. But I feel like there's so many similarities. Have you found that as as you've explained things I to have. your friends? I I've there have been instances where there are like more questions and stuff, and I'd explain them, and then I'd find like a lot of similarities, and that's that's really fun. Like fasting, we fast, and then there's like the Christian religion; they also fast. So yeah. that's it's nice. To yeah, find I think for me, it's like I I can relate to fasting. Yeah, I mean we, you know, in in the LDS faith, it's it's once a month mm-hmm. instead of an entire month. Um, so I, I feel, you know, it's the same purpose though, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about these things and I'm, I'm totally relating. I'm talking about you know, being grateful, giving to those that don't have, uh, you know, the food and things that we have so that, that somebody else can be blessed. Uh, I just, I find a lot of connection and I, I just think that's what's so beautiful about learning about people that have a different story than I do. So thank you for sharing. Now, you're in elementary school, so I want to talk. It's, it's unique, and, and sometimes kids, you know, to, to tell a story in, in, in a, ways, a way that somebody will understand in fifth grade, how does that work for you? Or, or have you find, are you finding people understanding? Uh, yeah. Um, I have a lot of classmates that, like, don't know what fasting or Ramadan or Islam really are. And so they just... Um, like ask me questions like really politely and so i just usually like tell them like we fast because like we want to feel empathy for those who don't have much and like um i just really like try and explain it in like a way that they'll understand and they're always usually really understanding and like if i put it into like simple terms they like get it and like they understand yeah, I love that. That's such. That's so great, and and I love that you've had a great reception of of people sort of understanding where you're coming from. I, it it does my heart good. Um, I hope that you know Utahns are are open and kind and 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 you know that everybody has a place to belong. That's what we want to feel here. Um, I want to continue this conversation. We'll do that when we come right back. We're back here on First Lady and Friends, and we're talking to our our friends from Emerald Hills, um, the the iftar dinner that that we were invited to. It, this is such an interesting conversation. I think people are so uh, curious. I think there's so many times where um, we've seen in the world and in our own communities when something seems different, it's automatically feared. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we've seen that in a lot of different places, not just religious organizations or, or religious traditions, but, you know, cultural t- traditions and, and, you know, just not knowing somebody's experience sometimes can be fearful. So I am so appreciative that you, you all are here to talk about, and, and you're so articulate and, and you're living such interesting experiences. Uh, and so I, I love that you're here to tell us about it. Um, Nasha, talk a little bit more about, you know, your friends and the things that you're, that you're explaining to them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get asked a lot of questions by like my friends. Um, 
sometimes by my teachers, actually. I have, um, so right now I'm taking a class called AP Human Geography, where we study basically the how pe- different people act on in different parts of the world and just, like, interactions between countries and the environment and all that. And uh, sometimes there'll be, like, something about Islam or something about, you know, how Ramadan affects the, affects the world. And sometimes he'll ask me, like, hey, Nishad, do you have anything to add on this? Um, do you relate to this? You know, is this accurate information? Do you appreciate that or is it uncomfortable to be singled out? Not really because I'm not super singled out because okay. if it's something else that someone else has a culture too, then he'll ask them too about that. It's not just like uh, Nisha, Nisha, Nisha. What is this? What is this? You know, that's that's great. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> um, and you know, a lot of people think like Utah itself is a is like just dominated by one culture, and everyone like is gonna start fighting you if you come in with just a different culture. But I found that like, I mean, no one is like, no one really cares. Um, to the point, not like they're like, oh, no, no, I don't care that you're fasting. But it's like, um, it doesn't change their their opinion of me. Mm. It's um, just, I mean, fasting doesn't change how you hang out, how you interact with other people. It's just, I'm I'm not drinking water and eating, and they are. Do you, is your school, I mean, do you, do you find... Um there is more diversity, so people are are more used to that um, sort of accepting different cultural backgrounds. So um, I go to a school that has um, a larger like Muslim population than other schools, but it's not dominated, right? right? It's not; it's still a minority, but um, it's just like everyone, no matter which culture, is uh, accept it accepts us. Like um, I have a few friends that are. Um, that have lived in Utah their whole lives and they haven't really seen everywhere and they ask me a lot of questions about it but they're still like inclusive and they and like everyone's inclusive and they aren't mean or and they don't ask any like they don't say anything rude or anything like that that that's great Nora talk a little bit about your experience as well um at my school um Thankfully, we have, like, a room to go pray in, and um, the teacher are really lenient about, like, getting late, be, getting late to class when you're, when you're praying. And um, one thing I would really appreciate if, like, all Utah schools would, like, um, like in, allow it in their system is, um, like, an Eid day where we don't have, like, school. It's, like, Going to school on Christmas, it's like kind of like that, except when you're Muslim at the end of Ramadan, you have um, like a celebration, which is Eid. And um, we normally, sometimes, it depends on the day, we have a school day. And um, many students um, that are Muslim, they miss school for Eid because it's a celebration mm-hmm. and you want to see your families and friends. And um, we get marked, um, like absent for that, which um, doesn't really affect many people but sometimes it can but um i think most of uh, like muslim students would really appreciate if we had just like a day off for our um celebration do you know who your um state representative is 
we should talk. Okay. <laughs> we should figure out how we get this. We should talk about this. Okay. I think that I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea for maybe some legislation or, or a policy change at our at our Utah State Board of Education. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 work on this together, Nora. I like okay. this. Thank you. The one thing about it though is, um, unlike like for example, Christmas, uh, Eid, and mm-hmm. like other uh, Muslim like events. They follow the lunar calendar, which so it changes every year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that might cause a bit of like it's something unique. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a great thought, and and probably one we'd have to work through with as we work through uh, some kind of policy change. <laughs> right? I think that's so great. Hilia, um, talk a little bit about how you see these students and maybe is it different from from your experience when you were uh, new to the country and and maybe what you experienced in turkey um so when i came to utah uh, so uh, um this was um seven, 16 years ago um so people were like looking at me especially kids they were like you know looking at me with their eyes wide open and then they're looking at it and then i had some friends they they're like ask like do you have a head do you you know (laughs) (laughs) or are you bald or do you live with that hijab like the old like 24 hours do you ever take it off you know we had those questions Uh, but now like I feel like it's getting more and more Uh, like people are open and people are learning and people are more welcoming Um, so our kids uh, you know it uh, so I have three kids. Uh, my young, my oldest was born in Turkey, and then he came to Utah, and then like, and then um, the other two are, are born here. Were, were born here, and I feel like you know they are just getting to the environment. They are more. I would say American. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so because I am Turkish American, but they are Amer- more American, and um, so they understand more and they are open to conversations more than us. Mm-hmm. So that just like gives me hope. Yeah. And then when they have when they can just express their own culture, when they are able to talk to others, so that gives me hope. F- not even for my kids, it it just gives more uh, like for the community. Yeah. Yeah. Zainet, do you feel like you need to live in two different cultures? Do you feel like as a American, but also you have sort of, I mean, we're, we're all Americans. Um, but I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is there co- conflict sometimes in, in navigating culture? Yeah, there definitely is most of the time. It's like you have to at school you kind of have to act a certain way and then at home you have to then you're like more cultural and all that but um it all just comes down to how you can like put them both together and slowly like over the years i've found like a a good balance between the two and yeah that's do you feel like you can you found a balance you feel like you can be true to who you are in both aspects Yes, I I do still need some work on it, but I feel like I'm getting there. Yeah, I I can imagine that's, I mean, it's difficult, I think, for all of us. And I'm sure you guys, I mean, we're all trying to find, you you know, Julia, you talked about identity and, and them being proud of their identity. I think, you know, it's humans. We're all humans. We all want belonging and how important belonging is. 
Um, Zenith, how do you, how do you feel like? Are you feel like you belong? You feel like there's there's belonging within your school, even though you may be part of a minority um, as you practice your your culture and your religion. Yeah, I feel like I kind of like I feel like I definitely do belong because since I've lived in America for so long, my entire life basically, um, I like. I know, like, what my friends are always, like, talking about. I, like, get it because I've lived through those things with them. But um, I also think that, like, I belong because, like, my school is very diverse. And so I also have that belonging of, like, I'm also from, like, a different culture. Yeah, that's that's so great. I, you know, I think we can find belonging in a lot of different ways. Um, Noor, talk about your experience of, of, of belonging as well. Yeah, sure. Um my school is pretty diverse, so there are a lot of Muslims and a lot of people from other different cultures. And I'm pretty used to that because I was born here. And um, I do see, like, different cultures and different, um, like, people asking me questions when they see, like, a hijab in my on my head or, like, if they see me, like, um, like fasting and not eating. And um, I like that they ask questions, and I feel like that makes that that it makes me assured that people know that I'm from a different culture and it makes me happy that they ask me questions because it makes me feel um, like I do belong. That's perfect. Nesha, talk about, um, I mean, you're, you're in high school. Um, you're navigating a few different things too. Um, how, how difficult is that to sort of stay true to who you are, but also experiencing the culture that you that you live in here in Utah and in, in, in the USA? You know, um, for me, it's actually kind of the opposite of what people think it is. Mm. Instead of, so I was born here in Utah, and I grew up here, and I've lived here all my life. And a lot of people think that, like, I may have a hard time fitting in with the people around me, like, um, in America, but it's actually kind of the opposite. So I found that, like, I struggle with um, keeping my uh, connection to my original culture in Turkey. Mm. And, like, like I'm bilingual. I speak English and Turkish. But it's kind of it's kind of weird because however much I try to improve my English with, like, because I go to school and I learn English there, it's kind of like my Turkish deteriorate, deteriorates. So, um, and I have a few Turkish friends who have, like, lived in Turkey half their lives and they came here. And it's kind of, like, hard fitting in with them because they ha- have come from a different background than what I have. That's fascinating, and I think that's really an interesting dynamic. I'm so glad that that you brought that up. I think I, I hear that, you know, from people that I, that I meet that sort of straddle two different cultures. And, and, and it's interesting that, that there's a dominant culture that, that maybe, you know, your original culture is not... Um, you're, you're not feeling as much belonging there. That That's really fascinating. Yeah, Julia, do you have... Um, I think we... I experience more uh, a challenge when I, you know, with American culture because I was born in Turkey and then my roots are there and then I grew up in Turkey. I grew up with this culture and I'm getting used to American culture. But my kids, as I said, is he said, like... They are trying to get used to like Turkish culture, yeah. connect with that culture because they're away. Do you yeah. find as a mother, are you struggling with watching them be more comfortable in a, in a culture that you that was not your original culture? Is that um, I mean, there's got to be some kind of 
uh, conflict there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. There is a conflict. And we are trying to understand, for example, at first we came here like the Halloween was kind of. <laughs> you know, well, it's I'm weird like, for everyone, <laughs> frankly. It's no, not my. But, yeah, I mean, like, so, for example, this is totally personal. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. This is not. This is this is Julia's opinion. Okay. Yes. It's not. I'm well, I probably share. So go ahead. <laughs> so I'm like, I love Christmas. I love Christmas. I love Thanksgiving. I love Easter because I understand the idea behind this. Yeah. But personally, I have. A, I'm still struggling with Halloween <laughs> because, like, you know, it is so. And I'm so scared of spiders, and spiders are everywhere. <laughs> it is such a hard thing for me. But for my kids, they're like, it is a celebration. It's a fun time, you yeah. know. And they're looking awkward to me. And then they're saying, Mom, you should enjoy this. I'm like, there's no way that I can enjoy it. Well, I have to tell you, I, I commiserate with you. Because I actually, even though, you know, again, I, I've been surrounded by this my whole life. But I hate Halloween. There it is. I'll probably get canceled for that. But that is not my favorite. I do not enjoy Halloween. I actually, I love to watch people dress up. I don't like to dress up. I don't like the creepy, weird stuff. And so, yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I understand it, like the dress up, the costumes. But like, um, you know, when we are celebrating something, to me, like, again, this is my opinion. To me, it should be something for good. Yeah. Not scaring people, you know. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. What is, you know, what do you feel? Do you, are you into it? You um, I, it's Halloween is just nice to like dress up with friends, yeah. but other than that, it's like whatever. <laughs> but I also, I wasn't born in the U.S., okay. so I kind of was. Where were you born? I was born in Jordan. Okay. Um, and I moved around when I was five. Uh, I remember some things, not everything, because I was little, but um, I have. I have both aspects where it's like I understand my like norms like when I moved here I had like already like whatever my normal like stuff I would do in Jordan and then when I come here it's like the culture shock yeah but like when I would be talking to my mom and I'm like oh like can I go to like for example prom's coming up yes (laughs) that was a big one where I'm like can I please go to prom with my friends and she'd be like you know what's the point it's a dance like it's why would you need to do that and I get her like side of it because I'm also like I share it but also I have my opinion like that I want to go you know so it's like two different cultures clashing together and I get both of them but yeah that's that's so interesting and I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I think that's what we we don't always understand is that that when you're living in a home where you you've pretty much fully immersed in this culture but you have parents yeah that haven't <laughs> or at least you know to some extent they have more of a pull yeah to to the the original culture mm-hmm. um and then i definitely like share their beliefs and i yeah. also like support it but it's like i'm kind of like mixed in between yeah. both so i'm trying to find the middle ground <laughs> Yeah, that's really hard to do. That's I love your honesty. Seriously, yeah. you guys, the, you guys are the best. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out like that. That is so interesting to me um, because I have you know I have a 16 year old that's talking about these things, but she doesn't have that added. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to figure out like who she's going with and all this you know crazy stuff. But yeah, so interesting. Well, I I love this conversation, and and we'll we'll finish up when we come right back. 
We're back here on First Lady and Friends with our friends um, at Emerald Hills Institute. Um, this is this has been so enjoyable for me, and we probably most enjoyable was our, just our off off mic. A conversation with uh, Zaina's mom. <laughs> Just for the record, she wants me to tell you that uh, she is going to prom, right, Zaina? <laughs> so tell me, talk a little bit about that conversation. Um, so it's been on and off for a couple months <laughs> okay. where it's like, you're going, you're not, you're going, you're not. And then I finally got her to say yes. And, um, you know, dress shopping was the, like the difficult part. So yeah, if I talk about that. So because I mean, again, I come from a background where modesty and yeah, and, and it's the different. There's different variations in cultural appropriate modesty and whatever that looks like, and and so I understand the mm-hmm. difficulty of finding. Yeah, so clothes. like just <laughs> looking through a bunch of dresses, you know, it, there's always like an issue. There's yes. one, like it could look really nice, but then you look at the back and it's exactly. like the whole back's out, and I can't do that. <laughs> And, yeah, same, like, length and all that. But at the end, we, like, found this really nice dress. And we're just going to, like, tailor it a little bit. And and we're good. to fix it. (laughs) But she always used the excuse as, oh, the dresses aren't even that good. So you shouldn't even go to prom. (laughs) But but I got her to say yes. So... (laughs) This Saturday, <laughs> finally! Oh, that's so fun! I'm so excited about that. Um, I, it, during this conversation, I have to say that, um, and Julia, you can probably relate to this too. I have three sons as well, so I think, and Zayn's mom, we, we were talking, and parenting is universal. It is I, I just universal. don't. I, 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 everywhere I go, and I, I've been to a few places around the world. And there's not one place that I have been that I couldn't have a, com- a parenting conversation with somebody that's a parent, a fellow parent. And it doesn't matter language. It doesn't matter culture. It doesn't matter. You know, human parents all have the same struggles. <laughs> yeah, talk a little bit about your parenting experience. There is an old video. Um, uh, there's a mom. Um, she summarized what moms say in, in, a, in a minute. And then she made a song from that. And then all those little things, they are exactly the same in Turkish language and in, in English. Exactly, from word to word. If your friends jump off a of hill, would you jump too? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, get off the phone, answer the phone. You know, all everything, eat quickly, but chew slowly. <laughs> you know, everything exactly the same, even if you translate like word by word. That, that means like, I think there is a, Panting language, and we all share the same, <laughs> same yes. experience, same challenge, totally. But uh, f- you know, f- from my perspective, we have like one more layer on top of that. It's the cultural difference. Yep. You know, my kids sometimes they say like, "Oh, you Turkish people," you know. <laughs> 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 you know, they 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 just say th- say that too. But we are trying to find the balance for yeah. sure. Yeah, and Nesha, what's your what's your experience with your with your parents? Uh, it's different since like, yours is uh, you, since yours just spoke. Yeah, <laughs> um, sometimes I'll say like, "Oh, me and my friends are gonna do something," and then like, "Well, why didn't you do this instead? Why are you doing that? Like, <laughs> what's the point? I don't get it." Like, I'll go to the I'll say like, "Oh, uh, when you go, I'm gonna can I go to their house uh, so that we can go work on a project?" And they're like, "Why aren't they coming here?" <laughs> Do I know them? Have I met them? Do I know? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I know that language. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. It's it's definitely uh, different, but um, my mom is understanding. And, like, my parents try to 
uh, understand and change for the culture here. I love that. Yeah, Nur, talk a little bit about your experience with your parents. Um, so, mine is just like mostly with grades and their experience with like school and things like that. Like they tell me about like how back home. Um, and, and remind me where your parents were. My up. parents are from Azerbaijan, which okay. is a country like close to Turkey. And um, they talk about how, like, parent-teacher conferences, where um, in Azerbaijan, uh, families, um, like, the students, mother and father and teacher, all of them, they're all in one single room, and the teacher calls every student out and says, like, okay, for example, um, Noor's, um, like, mom, Noor's mom and dad, she tells Noor is, like, a good student or, like, a bad student. But she says, uh, my mom and dad say, here in America, um, you, everyone's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, even if you're, even if you have, like, um, a B, which um, is probably the end of the world for my parents, um, it's a bad grade. And if you have an A-, minus, it's a bad grade. And so, like, sometimes, you, um, like, they know better, but sometimes I try to, like, be, um, like, tell them to be a little bit more lenient and things like that but she's but my parents are like no um a plus or nothing <laughs> i love that yeah uh Zainia. um my parents um they just want me to get good grades they don't care about grades like too too much because they know that i work hard my parents issues are usually when i like try and like go places mm-hmm. Before, like, 2020, before, like, the whole COVID thing, my parents, I had maybe, like, I maybe went over to a friend's house, like, maybe once a year. My parents really didn't let me go anywhere. But after that, like, my mom, like, started feeling sorry for me because I was online. Mm -hmm. And so she started, like, letting me go to places more. She started, like, making the effort to, like, get my friend's mom's phone numbers. And so now, like, if my mom has their phone number and she knows them, she'll really let me go anywhere. Mm. So you she, know that's that's interesting, Zainab, because I've I've actually kind of had the same experience as your as your parents with and your mom uh, with my daughter who's sixteen uh, during the pandemic. You know you, they were apart, and we realized how damaging it is to to not have those social interactions. Um, I was you know I've talked many times on this on on the podcast about you know the the study that shows that there are fifteen college freshmen are entering with 15,000 fewer social interactions. So that's three years of, of social interactions that, that we were lacking. So I do the same thing <laughs> as your mom. I, I am like, you want to go with friends? Yes. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's, you know, the less you're on your phone, the less you're online, um, the better, the better you're going to be. So let's, let's have it. Let's have prom. Let's do things. Let's <laughs> probably, it's probably a little too much. I probably need to like balance that somewhere. <laughs> But I'm, I'm having that same experience as you are. Um, I just want to just say thank you to all of you for sharing your stories. I know um, it's not always easy to, to share your experiences. Um, we're better because of you. We're better as a state because of the diversity that you bring, because of the diversity of experience, of, of, of your, pers- your personalities, your, um, your culture. Um, I, I would so appreciate the, the time you've been able to spend with us. And, and we're excited. We'll, we'll connect you. We'll show up. We'll get you. I know you all, before we end, maybe just each of you tell a little bit about your favorite service project that you've been involved in. Because I know um, the Emerald Hills Institute 
is all about service. Um, you're connecting uh, youth with service. And what we have found out, there's so much research around mental health, uh, good mental health, and and serving and volunteering. And it's it's connected at a high level. And so we are all about making sure our mental health is is good. So maybe just uh, your, we'll start with you, Nishit. Okay. Um, I don't know. I've gone a lot of places, but I think my favorite thing was, um, so we, me and uh, a few of my friends, uh, we came together and we prepared like packs of just necessities, um, like toothbrush, toothpaste. Um, wait, that's later. No, the first time we did it, <laughs> we actually brought, we made a bunch of food mm-hmm. and we put it into packs and we got like fork, spoons, stuff like that. And then we went here in downtown Salt Lake City and we went around and we passed it out to uh, homeless people and mm-hmm. you know we asked them for like their stories and, and um, there was this one uh, old man I I don't remember because it was before COVID so I don't remember everything but um, he was just telling us his whole life story and we just sat down with him mm-hmm. um, and we were eating and he was eating and we were just talking about you know his his life his story wow that's neat Newer. Um, there has been like a couple of times, but I think um, my favorite is um, I do judo and um, it's pretty fun because and I'm also pretty successful in it. And um, the Emerald Hills Institute has like this little center for like I'm pretty sure like um, grades from K through um, four or five. And um, they invited me to like um, teach judo and like help some kids like um, like be a little active because like. Pre- Pretty much, uh, pretty much nowadays, everyone's like stuck on their phone and <laughs> devices, and um, I just like uh, went in there and I like did some stretches and I, like helped them with throws and things like that, and it was pretty fun. That's amazing. Yes, please. Um, she is actually the ju- judo champion champion for like three years in a row. Congratulations! Yeah, and <laughs> she presented U- United States in like international competitions. Wow, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, um, since I'm still like pretty young, I'm in elementary school. I don't do that many like service projects, but um, what Nisha was talking about, where um, I was included in that, we just like got a bunch of like necessities, like um, floss, um, like toothpaste, toothbrushes, combs, and like those kind of things, and like put them into packs, and then we went to this like organization which like helps homeless people and we like distributed it all that's amazing yeah um my favorite was i think it was about two years ago i got to um like build it from scratch with a few friends of mine it was during black history month and we were trying to like include black history month in like service and so i got to meet with like a black owned business and we partnered up with them and they provided us with food and we um, brought them up on social media and we got the food that they gave us and we went downtown and distributed it to the homeless so that was pretty fun that's amazing and leadership skills I built that up from there Ah, love that yeah Julia talk a little bit about the the kids and doing the service projects 
Um, so um, we are uh, we have a group of students uh, starting age 14. Uh, f- uh, you know they are working on their congressional award, and um, so they need to collect 400 hours of uh, volunteering for um, they to earn the uh, gold medal. And um, so we are organizing some events, uh, such as like a gathering, like hygiene packets or food uh, for like homeless shelters. Actually, we are going to have another one this Saturday. And then um, so our our youth helps um, to cook the food and they prepare it and then distribute it. That's one project. Other project is like, for example, for Black History Month, connecting with like black-owned companies and then, you know, um, you know, help them, support them, and at the same time support the shelters. And um, so the biggest part that they are helping is actually mentoring. So, for example, our high school students are helping, like, middle school kids or elementary kids. We have, like, Saturday school, and our students, like high schoolers, they actually volunteer there and then become, like, you know, brothers, like older brothers, and then they are help tutor them, help them with like um, some projects. Or, for example, we had an art project. They make they made pinata and their stuff. So they tutor ex- at the same time. And our college students, they are helping our um, like high school students on ACT or you know organizing the volunteering um, events, etc. Amazing. Um, I just, I'm always amazed at the the work. I wasn't aware of, you know, the more I learn about the amazing projects and and organizations that are doing great work in the state. I'm just so impressed with with you. And and it starts and and hopefully you know because you're you're all Utahns that this is in our DNA. We're always the number one volunteering state. We're always the number one in charitable giving, and you're you're making sure that that continues. So is it I okay? If I have yes. One more thing. Oh, please, Nur. Um, my coach Sensei Adam, he. He, um, he isn't Muslim, but he's also involved with like helping the cha- um, helping with the poor and giving away charity. Um, there's this one organization called Fill the Pot. I'm pretty sure it's like in downtown. And um, every day for ten years straight, um, every Sunday for ten years straight, he um, goes to that organization and um, feeds um, like the homeless and the poor. And um, I feel like I could connect uh, with that because um, I've done that. I've done those things before. And, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Again, we have just incredible people in the state that are doing work that lots of times goes unnoticed, but it really is making this uh, our state better, and, and we're so appreciative of, of your organization. And thank you all for being here with me today and sharing your stories. Thank you.